Carolyn Kozlowski, host of our podcast and founder of the specialty cat e-commerce site, My3Cats.com. My3Cats.com specializes in offering the very best in unique cat products and cat lover gifts on the market. Since 1998, we've served thousands of our cat-loving customers across the U.S. and beyond. Like you, we understand cats and cat people and what they're like. Uh, you can read more about us at My3Cats.com. You know, this is our fifth podcast, so we're very excited about it, and we're especially excited because we have a special one for you today. Our guest, Sarah Chauncey, a Cat Writers Association award-winning author, is here with us to share her wisdom and insights about a topic that's often difficult to discuss, how to say goodbye to your cat. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we're very excited to have you on our podcast today. Uh, thank you. Uh, Sarah joins us from her beautiful, picturesque location in Vancouver Island in British Columbia. I can just about imagine how amazing the views must be from your studio, Sarah. Honestly, I am really lucky. Today is a gorgeous day, and I have a lovely view of the Georgia Strait that separates mainland BC from the island. Oh, that just sounds so fascinating. One of these days, I'll make it there. <laughs> <laughs> it will, as our provincial health officer says at every briefing, she says, this is not forever, but it is for now. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, now I'd like to share with our listeners a few words about you, Sarah. Um, Sarah's real life experience with her cat, Hedda, inspired her to write her book, P.S. I love you more than tuna. She has written and edited for nearly every medium over the past three decades, from print to television to digital. Her writing has been featured on EckertToll.com and Modern Loss, as well as in Lion's Roar and Canadian Living. She lives on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, where she divides her time between writing, editing nonfiction, and walking in nature. Sarah never saw herself as a cat person, but rather one of millions of people who simply loved her cat deeply. In Sarah's own words, P.S. I Love You More Than Tuna, published by Sounds True, will be the first illustrated gift book for adults grieving a companion cat. It will help readers through their pain without being saccharine will heal through laughter as well as tears and will offer empathy without minimizing the reader's pain or the need to fix. So let's start out with this premise. Cats live shorter lifespans than most humans. Veterinary medicine is getting better all the time, but most of us will face this loss at least once. As we grasp the reality that the time we have together with our cat may be coming to an end. Um, Sarah, what are your thoughts about how we can make the most of our remaining time together with our cat? I have to say it, it's the most challenging aspect of loving a cat is understanding that, you know, we're probably going to outlive them. Um, and 
what has helped me in my experience is looking at, you know, animals and humans are both, we're part, we're a part of nature. We're expressions of nature, just like trees and any other species. And nature has central organizing principles. And one of those is that whatever is born eventually dies. And coming to terms with that helped me a bit, as well as the idea that, you know, there are many different dimensions to our world. And so when we think of lifespan, or we, we talk about, you know, even when we talk about human relationships, we talk about length of time. In my experience, we, we can also go into a depth of the bond. And especially towards the end, when everything is very fragile, including our own feelings, um, going deep and meeting our cat at their essence is, I found that really helpful and a way to, to be able to let go, even if I didn't want to, if that makes sense. It does. It does make sense. And you're right. I mean, we always look at things on a linear fashion, you know, mm. as far as how much time we have left, but it just, it just involves so much more. Um, as we talk about our companion animals and how closely we're bonded with them. Yes. So, Sarah, um, if I may quote you, the opportunity inherent in anticipatory grief is to work with what psychologist William Warden calls the first task of mourning. That is to say, to accept the reality of the impending loss. You say that if we can do this before our cat's death, then the experience can be much less traumatic and even peaceful or sacred. So would you please expand on this for us a bit? Sure. Um, speaking of, I'll start by saying we were talking about how linear the human mind can be. And I think most people are familiar with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's paradigm of the five stages of grief, which I... My understanding is that she never intended for them to be linear, but people get really caught up in that of like, well, when do I get to the next stage? And the paradigm that I have found really helpful comes from psychologist William Warden, as you mentioned, who has four tasks for working through mourning. And the first task is simply to the way he phrases it is to accept the reality of the loss and how this played out for me. And I was incredibly lucky and grateful for this is there's a woman who works in my vet's office named Tracy. And when I finally decided it was time, you know, and I've written about kind of how I came to that decision, I think two or three times I called and tried to make the appointment and I couldn't get I couldn't speak through tears. I was crying too hard. And she said to me, take time to let your heart catch up to your decision. Because if you can do that, you know, if you don't do that, it's going to be much, much harder afterwards. So I believe that there is an upside. That sounds like a very mm -hmm. strange way to phrase it. So people who experience sudden loss, and certainly there are many, many people who 
experience sudden loss and you can't, you know, you're dealing with shock, you're not able to prepare at all and you're kind of blindsided. But if you know that, you know, your cat is 15, 16 or been through several rounds of treatment that aren't working, um, there's more of a time to pre-grieve, sort of. Um, I cried a lot in the four years before Hedda actually died because every time I thought about it, I couldn't imagine how I would get through it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And when Tracy said that to me, it just made sense. It's coming to an acceptance. And you don't have to like it. You know, I don't think there's anybody who likes it. You know, it, it doesn't mean feeling positive about it. It simply means... I think all of us know what it feels like when we're resisting something and when there's a really tight knot in our stomach versus the openness of grief, because grief really does break us open. And if we can get to that kind of broken open stage, then that's where, you know, a lot of the healing can come in. Sure, Cheryl, that's very uh, insightful. Uh, of you to to say that Uh, and also yes I mean at first we feel resistance but then you know if we can get ourselves to a place where you know it is reality and we know it's coming but let's make the the best of it yes that we can um I'd like to just add it's possible to simultaneously feel immense grief and still have a peaceful experience those two are not mutually exclusive. Um, I think people sometimes get the impression that acceptance means, oh, everything's okay. It's not. I mean, another word I've heard for it is surrender, surrendering to what's actually happening. Um, For me, when I get into a place of resistance, I think this shouldn't be happening. It's awful. And all those thoughts just make me feel so much worse. And so it's a matter of just being kind to yourself. Um, We're going to feel grief because we feel love. And love and grief are inextricably linked. Oh, yes. I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, Sarah, as we continue to discuss preparing ourselves for the eventual passing of our beloved cats... One of your suggestions is to stay in the present moment as much Mm -hmm. as possible. And we know that humans have a surprising ability to handle whatever arises in the moment, no matter how challenging or painful. Would you please discuss why you recommend this approach? The way I see it, the alternative is to miss those precious moments that we do have with our cats. And, you know, we humans have this incredible ability to think mentally about the future and the past and to compare and contrast. And that often takes us out of our bodies. So when I say be present in the moment, I'm talking about what do you see? What can you hear? You know, in this moment, your cat is still with you. You know, what is the expression in their eyes? How is their body language? Maybe place your hand on their fur and just focus on the sensation of fur and their breath. 
And that stops the mind from whirling around and going, oh, my, ah, you know, the, the horrible feelings and thoughts that we have in this challenging time. Um, presence, presence is a way, in my experience, to bring us into the sacred of the relationship. Isn't, isn't that true? And, you know, staying in the present moment, that can apply to almost anything we do in our lives. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's a healing power. It really is. And uh, the, I wanted to say I'm laughing only because I have had, you know, Hedda's death was not my initial experience with learning about the power of presence. And I spent many, many years practicing that in other areas of my life and then brought it into the end of Hedda's life. And that's where I went, wow, this is really powerful. Um, is it okay if I add a little bit? Oh, please. Here. Um, what I find is when I can accept the sensations of the moment, and that's not what my mind is telling me about the moment, that it, I want to clarify that it's the thoughts are different from the actual experience of the moment then everything starts to be a little miraculous because mm -hmm. you're paying attention. Again, I'm going back to the depth versus breadth. You're paying attention to the deepest moments and the, real, the reality of, you know, the mystery of this world. I mean, that's another opportunity with cats at the end of their lives is, you know, we love them and we call them cats, but these beings would exist even without us. And just leaning into that mystery and wonder. And we don't, we don't know how long we'll have with our cats. We like to adopt a kitten and think, okay, you know, I've got 20 years. But as all of your listeners probably know, that's not always the case. And we don't know how long we have, you know, ourselves on this planet. Yep. And presence, presence helps us make the most of that time. It, it, it really does. I mean... <laughs> We could outlive our cats, or our cats could outlive us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, if it's the latter, then hopefully we're all prepared that we've already planned ahead. Right. Making preparations for that as well. Yes. So, um, Sarah, you've observed that with a cat that's young, or even with an older cat, their humans typically may have thoughts like, you know, this shouldn't be happening, or he's too young. Um, those thoughts, while completely understandable, are really a form of resistance. So why is that not a healthy approach? As humans, we often, you know, we have this amazing brain that can create stories about what's happening around us. And that, that keeps us from, I mean, in some ways it protects us. It's basically our brains, our mind's way of trying to protect our heart. Um, because we come up with these stories and then we can put all our mental energy into those stories, but we're not experiencing what's true for us in that moment, which is this very profound grief. And what I've experienced is that when we can allow ourselves to feel the grief without our thoughts interference, it can pass through our body more quickly. And these thoughts of like, this shouldn't be happening, he's too young. We don't have the ability to change what is with our thoughts, at least not as far as I'm aware. And so those thoughts just make us feel miserable. 
And if mm-hmm. we're going to feel, you know, unhappiness is part and parcel of loving a pet, of saying goodbye to a pet or companion animal. That's a good one. I like And that. I really, you know, I see that. I saw that a lot in myself at the end of Hedda's life. And every time I was able to catch it, I would come back to just the sensations of the moment. And I often, you know, would run into the bathroom and ball into the towel. But it, you know, focusing on our feelings rather than our thoughts, in my experience, really helped me process the grief. Wow, that's, that's, that is so fascinating. And um, thank you very much for that insight. Um, Sarah, in the course of preparing for your cat's passing, you said that if your mind and your heart are reeling, give yourself some compassion. Treat yourself the way you would treat a kitten in distress, for example. Mm. Why do you believe this is so important in the process of preparation? Well, saying goodbye is really hard. It's, you know, I think it's the most difficult thing anyone who loves an animal does. And we often beat ourselves up. Everybody has regrets. If your cat died suddenly, people worry that, you know, they could have done something else. They should have done something else. If, you know, did I wait too long? Did I do it too soon? If you choose euthanasia, um, There are just so many ways to doubt ourselves. And again, that's the mind coming in to try and take control of what is really a physiological process and an emotional process rather than an intellectual one. So there's a woman named Dr. Kristen Neff, and her website is self-compassion.org. And her life's work is around helping people learn to be compassionate with themselves. What I've seen with cat lovers in particular is that people who love cats are some of the most compassionate people on the planet. And they often don't extend that compassion to themselves. And we are every bit as deserving of compassion as the animals we love. I mean, we are equal expressions of nature. And when when I take care of myself first, when I have compassion for myself, then, then I'm able to extend that compassion to others. Um, and I just, I tell people to be gentle with yourself. And I know that's a cliche in dealing with grief in general, but it's a really profound, to me, a profound statement underneath because it means have compassion for yourself, you know, Imagine, you know, someone else going through this and think of all the compassion you have for them. You are every bit as deserving of that. Yes. And you know what? Those those are true words of wisdom about uh, the topic of compassion and self-compassion. So thank you for those. Uh, Sarah, um, I believe that this next observation of yours is one that has really hit home with me personally. Mm. Um, It's about what I call the hospice stage, you know, when you know that you've tried everything and, you know, your, your vet is telling you, look, it's, it's pretty much time and, you know, you've got so much time left and so forth. So Mm. 
I know. Even though I've personally been through this several times, I am, um, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool cat lover. I've had cats since infancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a lot of experience with um, cats throughout their lives and even at the end of their lives and so forth. Mm. But it's still always difficult because I realized that my dear cat isn't feeling well and it's hard to witness that. So, Mm. you know, you suggest making the time you have together special. Um, How do we go about doing that? It's, it's such a, a painful time. And as I was listening to you, I had my hand over my heart because I know how the word I use a lot is poignant. Um, that it's, it's just, there's so much going on. So this, what I mean by that is making every interaction deliberate. Um, so if you're giving subcutaneous fluids or medication, take that time and make that, you know, create some space around that time. So you, you have this sacred time where you're trying to help your cat feel better. You might not be able to cure them but you're doing something that will make them feel a little bit better. Talk to them. I don't, you know, it's not that I believe cats understand human language, but I really believe they smell our pheromones, they sense our energy. So just say, look, I'm putting this needle in you because I want you to feel better. I know you're really, you know, kind of dried out and this is going to help you feel better. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. I can see, I can see that. And, you know, you know, when it's clear that the time is coming, um, I've also uh, read where you say create a ritual to say, mm. good, to say goodbye to your cat. So I'm wondering if you could um, just explore that a little bit with our listeners. Yes. Um, so when Hedda, this was in 2016, and there was about a week between the day I knew something was really, really wrong and her last day. Um, And part of that was because we were doing tests and deciding what to treat or not treat. Um, I didn't set out to go, you know, okay, there's going to be a ritual. But I just kind of intuitively felt like this, this being, Hedda had witnessed me through so much in my life and had been there for me you know, more consistent. I think one of the things with companion animals is they're with us more consistently than almost any human. So they see all these things. And I wanted to honor that and thank her. So I played, there was a song that I used to, when she was a kitten, I would hold her in my arms and kind of dance around. She loved being held upside down. And uh, so I played that song on repeat on my phone, you know, crying. And I lit a candle and I curled up with her. I, I cleared my schedule and I just talked to her and I thanked her and I reminisced. Um, one of the things, this may be, uh, I'm not sure if this might be a little out there, but there is a spiritual teacher, a Buddhist teacher named Adyashanti. And one of the things, lines that he uses is, and he uses it in the context of people, but What's looking through your eyes is also looking through mine. And every time I said that to Hedda, she perked up and looked straight at me. And, you know, I gave her lots of tuna. 
because that was her favorite food. I mean, if your cat loves salmon, then go for that. And I just created a space to just be with her where neither of us had to do anything. We were just witnessing each other. That, that is just, that is special. And I love those ideas and I will remember them when it comes time. We've got a couple of old cats here at our place mm. um, and, but they're doing well right now, but there will, there will come a time. So I really do appreciate, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate your great insights and suggestions today. Um, you know, our cats are truly family members and mm -hmm. We want to not only provide them with the best environment we can during their lives with us, but we also want to ensure that they have the best environment as they move through their final passing. Mm -hmm. um, I know your new book, P.S. I Love You More Than Tuna, addresses this, as well as cover much more about working through the grief once they're gone. So I was wondering, you know, can you give us a little glimpse into your new book? Um it's, it's, I, I'm stumbling here and now I'm self-conscious, but uh, it's not a narrative book. It's an illustrated mm -hmm. gift book. And uh, it's not so much on how to cope with the loss as it is, I believe, you know, I believe that our cat's essence remains. Sure. Um, I, I, that Boys. that's basically Boys. and that's sort of what um that's sort of where the book came from is this idea that the body may be gone but the energy is there i don't have you ever carolyn can i ask you a question sure um have you ever felt one of your late cats around you suddenly yes. okay. yeah i'm always that's... you know and what what i've done with a couple of the, the kitties that uh, we've had that are no, no longer here, I actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I wrote a letter to the cat. Her name mm. was, one of the cat's names was Luna, and she was a beautiful little black and white tuxedo cat, and she was very much in your face all the time. She was very, very aware of everything and so intelligent um, mm -hmm. and very yeah. active. And when she was gone, we missed her sorely. And so I wrote a letter, letter to her and I put it on her bed where she used to sleep mm. and it was in a closet and I put the letter on the bed and I closed the door of the closet, but it's a linen closet. So I'm in there and out of there all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I go in there, I look at the spot and you know what? She comes right back to me. She yeah. Does. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And, it's... um, you know, I'm a person of faith, so I, I, and not, you know, I'm not trying to make this into evangelistic <laughs> <laughs> uh, show, but at the same time, I'm a person of faith. And I, uh, I happen to believe that you know, one day I'm going to see them all again. Mm -hmm. But but for the time being, I do feel their presence, you know, yeah. when I go different places, familiar places where they used to be and so forth. Yes. And I love that you wrote a letter to Luna because one of the things I recommend after is, is doing that, is writing a letter or a tribute. 
I'm not sure if you're aware that there's on, in, on Facebook, we have a group called Tuna Tributes, uh, which is part of the Tuna page where people can post stories of their cat and photos. We limit the conversation. It's not like other cat groups in that it's strictly for people to ask for and receive support by sharing about their cat. Oh, that is, that is great. Um, well, you know, we're delighted to tell our listeners today that they're going to be able to buy Sarah's book, P.S. I Love You More Than Tuna, right at my3cats.com. In fact, we have a special page at our website where it's easy to place your order. We also uh, have a special gift for you today. We are giving away a copy of P.S. I Love You More Than Tuna to one lucky listener. All you need to do is to visit my3cats.com and click on the Contact Us page to send us your name and email address. Once you do that, you'll be entered into a random drawing to win a free copy. Uh, entries that are postmarked on or before October 29th will become eligible to win. The winner will be announced on our my3cats.com Facebook page on October 30th. So thanks to all of you for tuning into our podcast today. And Sarah, many, many thanks for you. And oh, thank you so much. And for your contributions. You know, we hope that you'll tell your friends to listen to this podcast on the my3cats.com Facebook page, as well as on their Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, and other favorite podcast apps. Until next time. May you and your feline family members together enjoy good health and happiness.